Hi, hello, how are you? Sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. I've left you a little update. Have a listen. Three more days of January to go. We've almost done it, everyone. Yay! Put your right hand on your left shoulder, put your left hand on your right shoulder, and give yourself a hug. Excellent news this week. So, I don't know what you've been up to this weekend, but um, I was thinking about what I was going to have a chat with you about today, um, mostly last night, actually. And I decided that January was on my mind, as it is on everybody's mind. And everyone slags off January, don't they? Everyone's like, oh, it's the worst month in the world. It's so long. January's got 200 days. And I thought, poor Jan, you know. I started to think of her as, you know, shortened her to Jan and thought of her as a as a lady that gets the the, the bum deal of all the months, really, is what I was thinking. So let's look at the calendar. All the other months, don't they? They have something in them, you know. So January doesn't. January actually doesn't have anything, does it? Because February has both Pancake Day and Valentine's Day. Nice. Plus, it is the gift of the shortest month of the year. So February, everyone's on board with. Everybody likes February. March, you've got your Mother's Day in March, usually. So that's something to look forward to. Also, it's spring. The clocks go forward and everyone has some more light in their lives, which is always good too. Where were we? So February, March, April. April, you've got your April Fool's Day. Plus, you've got your Easter. So if you are a fan of any religion where people come back from the dead, that's an amazing thing for you in Easter. Or if you just like chocolate, then Easter is for you. They're actually already in the shops, aren't they? The Easter eggs. What's that about? Anyway, so we've done January, February, March, April, May. May, you have some bank holidays again, as in April. You get the bank holidays in April. Then you get the gift of bank holidays in May. June. I don't know what goes on in June. If anyone does know, do let me know and I'll add it in next week. But I'm not sure what June does. But June is a nice month usually because it starts to be nicer weather and you're thinking about summer holidays and things. And then July, obviously, you've got your uh, 4th of July if you're American. Yay, big celebrations. And also end of school if you're at school or a teacher. So that's all good. August, come on. Six weeks off again if you're a teacher or at school or Highly likely to be off on your summer holes if you just have uh, a normal job that is a nine to five, 52 weeks of the year. Um, Then we've got September. Now, September is a lovely month, isn't it? Because sometimes you get an Indian summer in September. You go, oh, it's still nice. It's not August. And but goodness gracious, we can still work, walk around, work around, walk around in T-shirts. And we're happy, especially in the UK. We're very happy with that. Um, obviously, most of these pertain to the UK. But um, so September is good. And um, then you've got October. And October has the Halloween. Marvellous. I'm a big, big fan of the Halloween. Uh, so that's great to look forward to. Also, the clocks go back. Darker, yes, more sleep, big yes. So we like October. November, you've got your fireworks, bonfire night, trying to blow up the Houses of Parliament, which really any time of the year sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? But uh, Guy knew what he was trying to do. Even back then, it goes to show things never change, do they? So November, you've got the pretty, ooh, ah, 
bang, 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 fireworks. Not so good if you've got animals. But um, yeah, so you've got fireworks, pretty sparkly to look forward to in November. And then December is the month that just keeps giving. You know, you get to look forward to putting your decorations up. You get lots of parties to go to. You get to catch up with friends and have some drink and nice food and be social if you want to be. Or uh, you get to look forward to cooking the Christmas dinner or booking the Christmas dinner. So, uh, so yeah, so then you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Excellent news. So that's, um, that's a couple of bank holidays there. Then, of course, at the end of December, you get another bank holiday on the 1st of Jan. That's the only thing that January gets. But you don't really count it as January because you count it as December because it's New Year's Eve is what it's all about, isn't it? So I think... January, in its defence, peaks too soon. That's what I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to leave it there. But I think January peaks too soon. It does give you a bank holiday. But I think being a five-week month, really, someone should look into the idea of having, you know, like in the summer, you have one in the beginning and one at the end. And uh, you have a couple in um, April, don't you, have bank holidays, Good Friday, Easter, Monday. So I'm going to start a petition. I'm not but I pretend that I will for now, that January should include at least another bank holiday and it should either be slap in the middle of January or at the end of January so that you can go, oh yeah, January, January, yeah, that Jan, she's, uh, she's a long month, isn't she? But, uh, but you know, she does, uh, she does give us a day off in the middle, doesn't she? So that Jan's all right. She's all right. Otherwise, I was thinking if the government won't get on board with giving us another January bank holiday to look forward to, we could just invent our own, you know, like wear your pyjamas to work day or something like that. That would be great for January, wouldn't it? You know, because everyone's so oh, bored and depressed and just wants to be in their pyjamas. So you could have a wear your pyjamas to work day in January, maybe in the middle again to break it up. Or I was thinking I'm a big fan of the wig. I love a wig. You could have wear a wig to work. So uh, that could be a thing, couldn't it? Just ideas, really. If you've got any other ideas, let me know. As I said, I will, um, even though it won't be January next week when I do this, um, yay, it will be February, I can, I can sort of let people know what other thoughts there were on that subject. So it's nearly the end of the month, as we have discussed already, and I'm just thinking about what projects you've got on the go at the moment, and uh, are you feeling a bit overwhelmed? I know I am. It's a weird one, isn't it? As I said, I think at the one of the earlier podcasts that I did, I'm quite um, military in my planning of a year's worth of projects that I want to do. But also sometimes when you look at the whole list of things, you think, oh, how is that all going to happen? And I'm starting to feel a little bit wobbly like that. But that's normal. That's all I'm going to say. That's normal, isn't it? It's better to have too many things planned and only do some of them than to have none planned and do none or to have them planned and not even attempt them. And I was thinking, how how do you sort of sort it out in manageable chunks? And um, that really is the key, isn't it? It's manageable chunks because when you look at something as a whole, it does seem daunting. So for example, I'll let you know the, the projects that I've got on the go at the moment. I've, um, I've got another children's book that's... Um, really at the last editing, um, fannying around with stage. That's the professional term. And then I've got a brief fill on the images that I need. So that's in the background. Also, um, I am planning to do my show Instafamous 
that I started in the middle of last year. And I managed to do three shows of it last year. They were all sort of previews, what you'd call previews, really, or work, not previews, actually, more work in progress. So uh, I did the Bath Comedy Festival, the Brighton Comedy Festival, and I did a show in in London at uh, the wonderful Museum of Comedy. And uh, with each of those shows, it got better and better and better. So um, you do just have to get up and, and do it and face the fear in order to come up with something that's um, that's worth <laughs> worth everyone's while, really. So it's a lot of hard work. So I've put that to bed for a little while and I actually didn't even look. I always film them um, for me to go back and to alter the direction because I direct them as well as write and perform them. So I haven't even looked at the filming of the last one, which I felt was the best one, even though I did cock something up in the middle of it. Um, but so a little tip for projects is actually to give them some breathing space. That's what I, um, I prefer to do because if you're doing your own projects in a sort of 360 process, like I do, it can be hard to have any unbiased sort of judgment because you love it and you're so close to it. It is really, really useful. I find as a creative to, to do something and leave it for as long as you dare, as long as you can before you go back to it, because I know that when I start, uh, which is my plan later on this week to to look at that, I will not even look at that as if it's me performing it. I will be hyper. I mean, I'm always hypercritical of myself after I've done something anyway. I think most performers are. Um, but you tend to hang on to the tiniest thing straight after a performance that that maybe if you mention it to people, they won't even have noticed. So it's quite good to have some distance from it so that you can actually go, oh, okay. I'm looking at this from an outside point of view now. I'm not so wrapped up in it in my head and I'm not living with it every day. So I've I've done that. So my my thing to do in the next week or so is to go back and um and criticize myself a lot and improve that show. And I'm thinking of even changing the title really and I'm still if I'm honest not sure where it sits because it's it is a comedy show but it's definitely not stand up. It's a character, but it's also not a character. So it's a bit, there's a bit of a twist and a quirk to it. And it's set at an award ceremony. So a ceremony, <laughs> a ceremony. I don't know why I sounded like that. Um, I think I was slipping into the character actually as I was talking about it. But um, yeah, so I think possibly it's more descriptively correct to call it a cabaret, sort of. Um, but, you know, there's no jugglers or uh, fire eaters or acrobats. Uh, I don't stretched to that ha, stretched you get it but um but yeah I think it's kind of a cabaret theater theatrical dark comedy is what it is so I've got another couple of titles that I might float for it and uh, probably do some new images and things as I improve it and the really daunting thing is is that um, I've applied for Edinburgh anyone that's done this in the past I've done uh I think five Edinburgh shows so far um and it's a big thing it's a lot of money it's a lot of energy uh it's a lot of stress (laughs) so I'll see uh what venues offer me what rooms and if there is a a suitable room and a and a suitable time that I think my show will work at then I'll probably do half an Edinburgh I think the last time I did Edinburgh was back in 2015 with my show Ice Cream uh, which was based on the the book that I also released at that time as well. That's still available on the Amazon or via my website, uh, custodyhq.com. You can purchase that. But uh, yeah, so 
basically I've not done it for nearly, well, it's nine years, isn't it? Which is a long time. I've done shows at Brighton since then. Um, so I'm not completely out of the loop, but I'm out of the Edinburgh loop a little bit. So that feels a bit daunting. So what I suppose I'm rambling on about is I think if you look at it as a whole and any job or project that you've got, if you look at the the whole, it's too much. It's just too much. So forget the whole, put a pin in the whole and just look at what's the very first thing you need to do to start that process. And I saw a really good image actually the other day, which was of two ladders and a person at the bottom. And it was like the importance of small steps. Um, and one was a, a ladder with lots and lots of tiny rungs that went to a really high top. And the next ladder next to it was a ladder that had rungs that you couldn't even reach if you were full body stretch, let alone step up each one. So that's a really good sort of image, I think, to bear in mind when you're looking at stuff that's a bit overwhelming, really. And that doesn't even have to be projects, does it? Because sometimes just life is overwhelming. Um, you know, we're trying to uh, move Phil's parents, for example, and they're 85 and 93. And um, it feels a bit daunting for them and us sometimes uh, to even think about all the stuff they've collected over 90 odd years um, and uh, and downsizing slightly. And um, yeah, all the memories attached to that. And so it's, it's a big thing, isn't it? So it's not even projects, really. So I think even with that, you know, if you look at the start looking at the little tiny steps um, then you, before you know it, you're there and it's done and it wasn't as stressful as you might have thought. So I'll leave you with that, I think, today. Hope you have a marvellous, marvellous week. Let's just uh, keep in mind, you know, give Jan a break, is what I said earlier, and also baby steps. It's all about the little steps. Thanks for listening.